we talked a lot about vertical integration. I think mm-hmm. that's a topic that maybe people have heard before, but maybe they don't necessarily know what that means. I think a lot of people, especially those that are aspiring entrepreneurs or maybe early on business owners, they hear a lot of stuff online like hey you need to have all these different streams of income this that the other and so you have a lot of people that are putting out information that will tell you to go and do all these different hustles and things like that but what i've always seen be more common amongst people that are really building wealth is building one thing really large and then leveraging that to then vertically integrate it's usually one thing that is like the major catalyst for others i don't know or haven't really ran into a lot of people that their big win was a bunch of things. It's always one thing that they've doubled down, tripled down, quadrupled down on gives them this huge upside after they put in all this work. And that then takes them to a certain level where they're like, okay, I've figured this thing out, I've mastered this, or I've gotten it to a certain point where now like I've developed out a team and infrastructure where like you can remove yourself from the day-to-day and then you can start thinking, all right, where else can I either add into this? I either add another vertical or add some other large component or tackle some higher level things or what else can I do outside of this that maybe could leverage what I currently have. I get to leverage the tools we have internally to a lot of other businesses. So whether that's freight or some of our relationships, um, capital we have, I could just go now and try other things, but I always try to add things that could work within this wheelhouse. So like even when I started a mattress company and we were moving a lot of inventory flooring and one of our customers kind of was like, yeah, you know, if I could just have flooring that was the same and was X color, X size, X type of LVP or LVT in quantities, like that would be a home run. So I'm like, well, if I can go manufacture this for cost, normally you take a brand, you have to manufacture it, then you'd create a brand and put it in retail. It goes through this long-winded process of retail. If it doesn't do well or it gets returned or whatever, then like it ends up in our hands and it's always like mismatch, all sorts of shit. If we could just like skip that entire process and the manufactured product goes straight to direct liquidation, margins are smaller, but you could just move a massive product that you already proven people want and they're just asking for whatever. Even like the freight though, initially you built the freight in to scratch your own itch. And now it's at a point where because you integrated that, solved that problem and came up with a solution that other people also need, you've been able to shift your focus onto that more, build a team around that aspect of the business. Now you can scale that one up. What I was saying earlier is a lot of people, I have the approach where they start something and then too quickly they get starry eyed and they're like, let me go to the next thing and build the next thing because I'm supposed to build these different pockets to get to this level when really you have to go deep and long on one thing long enough to be able to get your time back and then apply it to the next thing and the next thing. And the more that you can intertwine them, it can lead to stunning growth. I think it's twofold because I have a ton of ideas and thoughts of like where things can go. If I can prove a concept internally and make it viable for us, then I'm like, great, I do this, it works for us, it generates revenue or saves costs or whatever the upside is, right? And then if I prove that concept and it does what it's supposed to do for us and it works over a certain period of time, then I'm like, okay, this is something that's stable, that we've integrated in our business. Like from the freight aspect, it reduced our costs. Instead of farming it out to somebody else, I'm like, 
I want to take this on because really for freight, I want to control pickups and deliveries, efficiency and communication with the drivers, and efficiently communicating any issues or barriers that come up from pickup to delivery, which is like a truck breaks or stuff's not on time or a driver craps out or a storm comes. And when I'm outsourcing the communication and the time frame of when you're actually supposed to get your stuff and communicating that was just such a challenge. And I was like, man, at scale, like I can't keep leaning on these people that don't see how they should be doing it the way that I see it. And so I was like, we should internalize this because the hardest thing about building a freight business as a whole is like, finding a customer that you can move product for. So if you normally, if you have a freight business, your freight broker or trucker, and your goal is to be able to find a vendor or customer that you can move stuff for. The benefit of our business was we had all the stuff to move internally. So I have all the product to move and I have freight people knocking down my door. Like, dude, I would love to move this for you. And I'm like, I have the hardest part figured out. I have the product, I have the stuff to move and I have the reliability of the volume of inventory to know that I could build something else on top of this. And so the freight, since it's such a key component for me, it's like, if we can internalize this and make it work for us, then I can offer this service to everybody else. And so I know like, okay, our customers like this from a freight vendor. We are our own in this way, but our customers appreciate our quality of freight deliverability that we do. And so I'm like, if it's not just our customers, it's obviously a bunch of other people are going to want this. So now that we figured out this side of it for us, I can offer it out to other people. The other benefit was for the first year when you're on DAT, you have a zero credit rating. So when you look on there and you have this list of people, you basically have a star number next to your name when you put loads on for people to grab. And so when you're new for a year, you don't have no stars. You're zero, you're nobody, you have no credit. So it's very hard. You're basically like at the mercy of whatever the driver's demands are to get the freight. You have to take some risks there because they're like, dude, you don't have a credit rating. I've never moved it. I don't know anybody that's used you before. Never heard your name. I may want payment now. There's some risk you have to take there. But now that you've, after a year, you get a credit rating, we have a perfect rating and we do stuff like quick pay and stuff that we don't outsource. A lot of people outsource quick pay. We've internalized quick pay. So I'm like, I ACH and wire every day. Why should I pay a factoring service? That's going to take 20% off the top or 10% off the top for a trucker. I'm like, dude, I could just pay you right when you deliver. So these are just like little things that pick up. They make sense for our business, so we integrate them. But now that they're proven and they are optimal and they do work at scale for our business, I'm like, okay, how can I take this component and then offer it elsewhere knowing that there's people that sell this service to third parties? So it works for us internally. It saves us a cost or makes us money. And then once it's figured out and honed in, I'm like, okay, now where can I take this and deploy this outside of our internal infrastructure? I think when you zoom out, it's similar to what you're doing in the grand scheme of things. I know sometimes people ask me that follow us, like, what do you guys do? I understand it because I'm in it, but it's hard to explain it sometimes unless you know you. You're integrating these different businesses in a way that fulfill your vision for what you enjoy doing with your time. When I look at what you're doing with the real estate or even buying planes or different vehicles and stuff, it makes sense because I see the interplay between all these things. Let's take, for instance, the stone and then being able to put the stone in a house that you're building and then being able to build luxury homes and being able to then flip these products. How would you have that in terms of your decision making or how you vertically integrate in that aspect? If I were a new player and let's say I did find a way to source material and I brought it here, like the one of the hardest challenges you're going to come across is like, all right, nobody knows me. I'm a new company and I have to compete with whoever's in my market, at least locally, to start. 
I'm going to have to compete with them to try to get material into hopefully projects, whether it's commercial or residential. And most of the builders that are doing and the range that we're doing is homes starting from one to $15 million. That's kind of the type of product that we bring in. It's like, dude, those guys have been around for a long time and they have relationships and vendors they've been using for years. So to get your way in there, being a no name brand, very difficult. So I'm like, okay, how can I create some legitimacy to this business to show that people would want to use our product and would want to purchase it and use it in their builds and also see the finished product. Part of that too is like, hey, cool material, but hard to really envision it in something, in a kitchen or in a bathroom or an entryway. Like you want to see it in a finished setting, you know, and have those pictures and those stories that you can tell about the design choices that you made and how it flows in and fits with the house. You need a product to put that in. How do I make this work easier and create twofold? I'm investing in real estate. I make money in real estate. We flip houses and normally go to another vendor and I'd buy tile. They're making money and I'm putting it in. So for me, it's a twofold vertical integration from the stone side, trying to build the business. I can put this into a project that we're doing that we're self-funding. I can put in amazing product that'll be at my cost instead of purchasing from whoever. So I can lower my cost to do the remodel. And then the other side of that is when the house is done and we sell it or we just have the finished product and we take all the photos, then that's my book of business. So to me, that I legitimize it. These are the projects we've put it into. Look at the amazing material we have and look what it's gone into. And these are $2 million, $3 million, $5 million, $7 million, $10 million projects. Instead of hoping and waiting and trying to build the business and like waiting for a customer to come along or taking the process, I'm like, what can I do to move the needle more? I'm just going to do projects ourselves while we also build out other customers and bring on other vendors and builders and stuff. It's the same thing with appliances. Our cost of appliances is way down. And so I can flip and renovate a house at a much more effective cost than anybody else because I have all of these aspects of materials that are the most expensive. You go into a house, you renovate, the most expensive thing is going to be countertops, cabinets, floors, and appliances. I have a good chunk of those handled at a substantially lower cost than anybody else. So like my margin and my flexibility in the market is much greater than anybody else's because I don't have to go at retail or go to another vendor and try to cut a deal with them. Like I'm getting everything at cost, cost, true cost. I can maybe eat it on our stone side in terms of it's a cost, but then I'm making my upside in the real estate or it allows me if we're in a dynamic market, we're kind of like in a downside of some real estate. It may give me that margin to sell this for 30 grand less than the next guy, because like I have that extra margin built in and I know what the cost of this material is. So it's like most people are trying to scrape those points off the bottom line, whereas you're just like, let me create as much margin on top line. It just requires more risk up front. It's, it's more risk. It's a maybe more capital expenditure up front, but I know that I'm willing to do the execution on the rest. So if I know I'm going to do 20 houses, like one guy's like, I'm doing one. I'm like, I'm trying to do 20 houses. So I'm like, I might be acquiring a lot of material up front, but I have a two-pronged approach. I try to build out a material business that we're trying to sell and build a whole buyer network for, but I'm also then servicing my own business where I'm not just reliant on that and I'm able to also grow that and grow a secondary business out of that and all the vendors we bring on, installers, the builder, the renovator, whoever, 
it's all interplay networking. So they're like, man, I'm a cabinet guy. I love this material. I've never seen you. Like, I know blah, blah, blah does cabinets. Like, maybe they'd be a stone buyer. Or maybe like, hey, like, we're doing projects that we're internalizing. Or my brother does projects. Like, could he get stone from you guys? You never know. So it's like all that stuff to me is like that exposure that we're getting by doing both ways. I'm like, it's just helping us amplify and grow the business much faster. And it scratches more than one itch for me. I also think it it puts us in the power seat because when I go to somebody and I'm a nobody and I have all this material and I wasn't using it for our own needs, I would be at the mercy of like, hey, man, like I need you to like take this. I'm like, hey, man, I want to do business. I think our pricing's great. I think our material's fantastic. And I think we could really take your project and make it a viable option for you to resell at the highest price that you could possibly sell it at. But if you don't, I'm not beg. I'm not gonna beg for your business because if you don't, yeah, I, I'm like I know where I can put this for me. I got plenty of projects we can do this on, and this isn't my only way out. Like I have another way to utilize this and push this product. We talk about agency. Like we talked about like creating content here, and I told you from the beginning. I'm like, dude, when I was trying to do video or photography or marketing for other people, when I was doing an agency. I'm like, yeah, I would like love to work for, I would love to find somebody like me or be like, bro, you got cars, you got houses, travel, sick office. You have all these components that are like any agency would be like, we would love to work for you because not only are, is the aesthetic that you have of the stuff that's within your network and your circle, the top tier, and like the ideal customer that they could use that like that would build their book of business. And I'm like, dude, why hire somebody else? We've done this before. The only difference between then and now is that I have the stuff that we want to shoot. I have the office, the plane, the cars, the houses, the business. I'm like, why aren't we just doing this for ourselves? And then now, let's say we do build an agency. This is the same concept. We have it. We internalize it. We create all this stuff, podcast, content, video, whatever it is that we want to because we have the capabilities to do it. And then anybody comes to us is like, we've proven the concept. And look at our book of business that we've done. It's insane. So it's like, if you want to work with us, this is our price. And this is what it takes for us to do it. And if you don't want to pay and you aren't willing to pay the price, what it takes to create this type of content or strategy or whatever it is, then it's fine, man. Because guess what? I don't need you for our business because we're servicing ourselves here. And what we're doing, the output that we're putting it into, whether it's podcast format, video format, YouTube, whatever, or just creating a brand on Instagram where like somebody may see that exposure and then that brings us a deal that pays back in dividends. So I'm like, yeah, I think it's all about building leverage. And I think a lot of people are in a rush to gain leverage. And truthfully, the thing that we've probably learned as we've gotten older is it just really takes time to have enough knowledge and skill combined to really manifest the type of leverage that puts you in the driver's seat. For me, it's like, I feel like my, idea of how things should go and run for other people like it just never aligned maybe they were just like the age difference or whatever and I finally got to the point I was kind of like this is how I think things should go almost nobody else agrees with me either how I speak or how aggressive I am or assertive or what it costs or like the aesthetic like all these components that like I'm relying on somebody else to give me the approval I was like if I can prove this myself then I don't fucking need anybody's approval now I'm at that point, I'm like, I don't need nobody's approval. Like The approval is my own. And I've clearly proven that it works. And that's one of those things. It was like that Drake quote I referenced before where it was like, bro, sometimes like this is the moment. You are the person. You are the guy. And you got to stop looking for external validation because some people just fucking aren't there yet. 
and you have to just do the work and get it done so that you could turn back and look at it like, listen, I was just fucking ahead of the curve and I wasn't going to wait for anybody to catch up to me. Like, I just fucking got it done. Then people circle back like, yo, man, I want to be a part of this. I want to do this. And like, dude, then you can be as selective as you fucking want because like, bro, I built this on my own before anybody gave me the validation. Of course, now it's proven. People are like, oh, you're fucking smart. Like, it's like, nah, man, like you didn't think I was smart when I was fucking going through it. You didn't want to go through the mud when I was going through it. You just were like, oh, man, I don't fucking know, dude. Like, it seems risky. Like, I don't get it. I don't see it. It's like, dude, again, like not everybody else has to see it. If you see it and you believe in it, you're willing to put in the work and the conviction behind it. You don't need other people to see your shit, your vision. Like the first time that I was like told myself maybe people just don't see it yet and you need to just take a chance on yourself. The first time that proved itself to me, I was like, okay, like maybe I'm not just gassing myself up and like just being a dreamer. I'm like, there's some truth to this. I need to trust myself more than I've given myself credit for. I've done that more times now and I know that I can put the execution behind it and do the work. And I think we're in this age where there's this there's this gap between the new school of thought and the older and a lot of times when you hear the people that downplay what you're doing or don't get it or don't see it it's just this older crowd and I'm in this space where I'm young enough but there's not enough people in my age bracket that are able to do the projects that I'm doing and I self-fund most of the stuff that we're doing I'm on this forefront of where things are heading and it's before everybody's catching on, before maybe some other people in my space that are my age have the capital or the capital behind them to do it. I just feel like I'm on the cusp of these concepts and the way that I go about projects on top of the fact that I figured out a lot of this vertical integration process between our freight and the appliances and materials. I think I'm building something that's like, that's what is going to be like, man, that's the model, you know, that people should be following. Like that's the that's the way to really go about it in the most optimized way. I also look at them like, I think some of these things I have, I'm like, bro, I think it's insanely rare that I have this much in place that puts me this much more at a competitive advantage. I think I would be dumb to think that I should play like everybody else. Yeah, I've put so much into my framework and into my blueprint that somebody would hope to have just one of these tools in their bag that would be like, this is giving me an edge. I'm like, dude, I have like multiple edges and I have so many ways that I can move and shake through this that puts me in a much more dynamic position than a lot of fucking people. Whether it's real estate or whatever else, I just think it puts me in a different field and I'm not just trying to like gas myself up. These are just hard facts of the industries that I'm in and what it takes to execute in those industries ask any builder and they're like man if i could just figure out a way to get my flooring cost down if i could figure out a way to get 50 percent off my countertop expense or if i could figure out a way to take 70 percent off the cost of my cabinets they would do it they're just like i don't know how and you see any of the smart people that do this like i know a guy that flips homes in vegas and that dude he's like yeah i just started my own cabinet shop Cause he's like, we do so many fucking homes. I was outsourcing so many people and there was such a shortage of cabinets and lead times. He's like, fuck it. I made my own cabinet shop. And guess what? Now he can not only offer cabinets to other people, but he saves on his costs for his builds. So he can either mark it up like normal and sell it to his building company that does the flips and does normally, or he can sell it at cost and his upsides on the build. 
But then it's like every build he does becomes his book of business for the cabinet shop. Where it's like, look at all the fucking homes we've yeah. done. Again, it's very tough. And sometimes maybe I don't give myself enough credit for the amount of stuff that I've put in play. But if I look at some of this, I'm like, dude, that is like the ultimate tool belt to business. We have all these things at our disposal that are internal. I don't have to rely on other people. I think that's also the way I approach partnerships. I'm like, if I had brought on a venture partner or an outside investor that had could call the shots too, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at right now. Because the way I operate and move is like, it makes sense to me. It may not make sense to everybody else. And how fast I move and cut deals and push things around and get things done, I find it almost impossible for me to be able to find a partner that would have the exact same synergy and think the same way and execute the same way. I'm like, it would hold me back. For me to be able to be as nimble as I am, no partners, no outside investors. I've never taken money from somebody else to start my business. I wouldn't be able to do it unless I did it the way I did it. That makes sense. Well, I think you were touching on something earlier too. It comes down to trusting yourself. And I was talking about how in a lot of creative endeavors, like you'll hit a wall where you realize the gap between your current ability and where you know you could do something. A lot of times that's where you have to lean a little bit further. And what you were talking about a little bit earlier on is you've closed that loop so many times that when you're aware of that point on the cycle, it's actually more of an indication of how close you are to closing the loop. You don't back down from that point. I think when you're new to something or maybe you haven't gone through that process, it's easy to get to that point of a lot of friction where you feel so close, but yet so far, it's easy to back down because you're uncertain and you don't trust yourself yet. But when you've closed that loop as many times as you have, it's more of an indication of I'm like right there. I just need to lean in like with the stone, right? Versus like stopping when you're already so far in. Every time I get to a point where I feel uncertain or I don't know or I don't see, I'm like, we've gotten 70% of the way there. And I'm just like, I'm getting a lot of friction and getting a lot of pushback or the way I thought this was to go isn't going that way. And all these hurdles come up. And the easy answer is give up. The naivety burns out because now you're past the point of naively going into it. You're like, I'm actually aware of how complicated this shit is. I just remind myself. I'm like, dude, you knew what you signed up for. You know that you're capable. You know that out of anybody, you're willing and are going to figure this out. This is shit I replay in my head on a frequent basis. And I'm like, you're going to do this. I may have literally days of just being blank. I'm like, I don't know what the move is. I can't see it yet. I keep fighting. I just keep bumping into the window. I'm like, where is the path here? Like, what is it? And I just keep bumping. I try. Then I think of something else. And I ask this, ask that. I go about it every way. I'm just like running at it, running, trying to run around it, go under it, go over it. This force field that's trying to hold me back from getting through. It's meant to be penetrated. It just... It's not for everybody. There is a path through this or around this that is going to work. I just need to keep working around it, right? It's mm -hmm. like magnets that are against each other. You keep like doing this, like, bro, there's a way to do this. And like eventually you flip the magnet and it sticks and you're like, okay, like now this is what's working. That feeling, that force field pushback is that moment where I'm going to learn a lot. I'm going to level up. This is where I'm going to learn all the basis for my new foundation, my new level in life or my new level in business and then from here like dude it's onwards and upwards until i hit that next like big yeah. breaking point it's kind of the same methodology with making money i'm like you're at zero and you're trying to figure out how to get to ten thousand you're gonna have this area like around seven to eight thousand where you're like man i can't figure out how to get enough customers or get somebody to pay up enough or whatever it is once you get that ten thousand to me that's like okay that's my new zero 
So now this is my new foundation. Everything I learned up until this point set me up now to go from 10,000 to call it 50,000. And you're going to run through that thing and then you're going to hit that wall at 50. Like I'm stuck at 50. Like how do I break through this? And you're thinking of all the things that maybe I need to introduce new marketing or I may need to fix my margin. Now you're having different negotiations with your manufacturer that you would have never had if you weren't thinking about how to break through 50,000. You've done that. It's like, well, you need to increase your unit count to get your unit cost down. And then you're like, well, fuck, this is a lot of units. How am I going to move it? I got to think about a way to scale my sales and these things. And next thing you know, it's like, bro, you broke through 50,000 and you went out to quarter million. And then you hit another thing. And then you get to the quarter million, you're like, dude, that was like nothing now that I've done all of this. Look where I've gotten. You know, it's just pushing that boundary. That area of the unknown is where you're going to learn the most, do the most, and then expand the most. That's yeah. really where the scale comes is pushing through those barriers and taking on those things. I don't know the path to get through this, but I know I'm willing to throw everything I have at figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And then once you do, you look back, you're like, bro, I'm not giving myself enough for credit for how much I can do and how much I can learn and how much mm-hmm. I can execute on. Yeah, I like the visual you gave of like the wall. It's like, you know, the wall is there. You don't know how far. At first, you don't know where the wall even is, right? And then you go through that wall. You're like, I know there's going to be another wall. There's always going to be another wall. And I think when your mindset is not even at the first wall, but subsequent walls, and you're thinking about those next walls, the tertiary ones don't feel as big because you're like I can't be hung up on this wall I'm thinking about the thing that's coming it's almost like when we're working out with Brooks sometimes even though the first sets are hard you know it's not getting any easier so you're already mentally buckled in for like if you were to take your goals and compress them into this all the stuff would get squeezed in and the walls would get compressed and they'd get thicker in here but if you stretch your goals out the gap between all this would get a lot wider you're just giving yourself more runway to operate again the tertiary goals the small ones that they go away you know if you stretch it out and think like do i need to be here like here's the long term then it's way easier to just think past where you're at and some of these things that you think were hard like nothing now you know you're blowing through the old hard stuff like bro this is like a cakewalk one of the biggest ones is the fucking freight i remember when i was trying to use the other outsource partner i was like let's go 50 50 and they were just like, dude, it's too much time, too much effort, too much infrastructure, too much money. The juice isn't worth the squeeze. And I was like, what you're missing is the hardest thing is finding the customers to move stuff for. I have the shit to move. Locked in my back pocket. I have the hardest part figured out. All we need to do is move it. I'm like, bro, we could build a second business that like, these are intertwined. This, is, this makes all the sense in the world. Just the freight is a big-ass business now on its own. Internally, but on its own, it's a big-ass business. I got a team. Every month has been a record month for the last 72 months. At first, it wasn't even a money play. It was just like, I have the material, and all I want is control over the drivers and the communication. If it's I say it's going to be there at 9 o'clock, it's going to be there at 9 o'clock, and if a truck breaks down or I can't get a driver or storm hits or whatever that I have a direct line of communication to the driver, that he communicates what the issue is, and then I can communicate to the customer that it's either going to be late or whatever, so they're not showing up there and fucking holding their dick in their hand. And that was my first thing that I wanted. And the same thing with the facility. Go to the facility, if the truck's not on time or whatever, like all that plays a part in like being effective in this business. Once I figured that out, I was like, cool, if I want to grow this out, it needs to have a revenue aspect to it that's actually generating money for us outside of just charging, because I was just charging people literally our cost 
So like I need to charge for this because like I need to cover our overhead. So then it turned into a business, but first it was just servicing my needs. But now we offer external freight. It's been built up on our other business where the hardest thing to do is build this credit line. And we have a perfect credit line. It was the best way to grow that business. It was like, I'd be dumb not to do this. It was like, I don't know, man, like it's kind of dumb to do this. This is a lot of risk. But I'm like, I think people are projecting their fears. People always do that. They project their fears on you in the form of hate or trying to put you down and tell you not to do things because they can't see it for themselves. And as somebody who's starting a business or blazing this new trail, you're always going to have people that are going to say to you, hey, I don't get it. So there's no way that we're the same age. We come from the same town. We're like basically the same person. So if I can't figure it out, you're not fucking smarter than me. That's really a lot of people's logic. Like, oh, you're not much wiser than me. We come from the same place. People take that as Bible and they're like, fuck, man. And they stop what they're doing. And you have to get to a point where you say, like, dude, I believe in myself enough. We are not the same. And I don't need you to validate my path. I'm going to validate this shit myself. And maybe you could be wrong. There's some risks there. Sure. I could have been wrong. But it's believing that 51% that I was telling you about, that 1% more, it's always that 50-50, doubt and belief. For me, it's always been that 1% more, 51% to 49. And I've stuck with the 51, and I believed in myself 1% more than I doubted myself. And it panned out because I put the work and effort. I mean, there's other aspects. Like, you have to have work ethic. You got to put in the hours. You got to go. There's a lot of mental, physical toll on you that it takes years and years of doing this. But I'm like, all it takes is that one. That was like that one thing where I was like, bro, I was right. And then if I was right there, I might be right here. And then you do it again. I'm right again. I think people just didn't want me to do better than them. We're not the same. And I'm not going to be at your level. If that's all you're doing, audit your circle. You want to become really fit and in shape and your circle is telling you, Hey, man, that's stupid. Why the fuck are you going to the gym on Saturday? Like, let's go to a football game or like, let's go drink or like, let's go do something else. You know, that's like pulling you away. You probably shouldn't hang out with those people. Am I saying that like they're bad people and that you should just completely cut them out? No. But in terms of goals and what you're trying to achieve and you're not there and the majority of people you hang out with on a regular basis every day on the weekend at night during the week are people that are pulling you away from that goal and saying that's not something you should do, that's not something you should achieve, you should probably replace those people, at least on a, your immediate day-to-day, with other people that are aligned with that. You should hang out with somebody that likes to go to the gym. You should hang out with somebody that's like, hey, man, let's go for a three-mile run on Saturday because the people you hang around with are going to influence you. I'm not saying one or the other is good or bad, but for me in business, I'm like, dude, I need to hang out with business-minded people that want to come in on a Saturday, that want to have these conversations, that want to work and culminate together. These are people that you go eat with, you go hang out with, you go work out with. All the people I do that with, we're all thinking generally around the same topics. We're trying to figure out a lot of the same problems. We're thinking about hiring. We're thinking about scaling, thinking about what we can bring in that's going to help our business. We're talking about building houses. We're doing site visits. Everything runs around the realm of building a business. Yeah, I also hang out with people that do none of that. But I know exactly the time and place to do that. I go on the boat, on the lake, and I hang out with certain people. I'm like, yo, it's just a fun party time. There's nothing wrong with cutting out and doing that stuff. But if my goal is a business, I can't be doing that all the fucking time because I'm never going to get 
my achievement in business. I need to be yeah. doing majority of my business shit with my business people that I like to hang around and talk about those subjects and work towards that goal on a majority of my time because otherwise I'm probably not going to get there. Yeah. My likelihood of achieving what I'm trying to achieve in business is not going to happen if I'm on the lake every day, drinking every day, going out every day, just watching football on the couch every day, just playing video games every day. I'm not going to achieve my business goals. You need to fucking audit your time in your circle, who you're fucking with, what fucking activities you're doing? What are your goals? Are they working towards your goals? Or are they working against them? There's a lot of shit people do that's just working against their goals because it's easier to just cut out and fuck off. And I'm not saying you're a bad person because of that. But if you're 30 years old and you're like, dude, when I go home and I'm by myself and I'm alone in my thoughts and I'm unhappy with my life and what I'm doing, it's like, bro, what are you doing on a daily basis? And if everything you're doing is not moving the needle in that direction, you might need to cut some of that shit out. You need to fucking nut up. You're going to have some, a, a little bit of less fun time at the bar or on the lake or watching football. And you need to get busy with what you need to be doing. It's not that hard. The hard thing is just like people's judgment about that. Mm. Fucking ingrained in my brain. I don't give a fuck what people think about me. I don't buy or do any of this shit for nobody but myself. This office is for me. Cars I buy, cars I like. Playing for me was a great business expense. That's how I operate and move. I have some good times. I go out sometimes. I hang out with people. I, I live on the lake. Like, I do lake activities. There's nothing wrong with doing that. We went to dinner. We had a good time. But even that dinner that we did, I'm not having dinner with a bunch of fuck-offs that are talking about fantasy football. I don't give a fuck about fantasy football. I'm talking about fantasy business ideas that I'm fucking willing to put money behind, capital behind, people behind, build a team around. It's just different. My fucking fantasy league is way different. Somebody commented there was like, I want to sell my business for half a billion dollars. They were like laughing. Like, oh, good luck, bro. You don't have a fucking clue what we're doing over here. Visually, they, they're trying to anchor onto something that they can relate to. But when they're missing all the context underneath it and also beyond that, they don't have the self-awareness to be mindful that they're probably missing all that context. That's when you run into a lot of ignorant people. There was some guy that said something like, Good luck with that, dumbass. And I'm like, literally, I'm like, your whole page is you drinking alcohol. And I'm like, you probably took offense that I said, like, oh, you you might be going out and drinking and partying too much. There's a lot of people that do that. They just, like, they project the hate because they're like, hold on, man, I took, like, offense to that. I don't know, maybe your goal is to just drink and party. But I did that for a long time. I partied probably harder than most people. I've done some of the fucking craziest shit that you could do that involves alcohol and drugs. I don't do that shit anymore. So that was cool, but like, I'm also trying to sell my company for half a billion, and I'm not fucking around when I say that. That's like a legitimate and very viable goal for me. Maybe it sounds crazy to people that don't have context, but if you're in it and you spend time around you, you're like, that seems pretty realistic, if not modest. Doing you know? business for over 13 years, owning my own business. And I've done a lot of different businesses, but I've scaled this business to a massive level in a short four years. It's like my next wall. I'm like, I want to get to that point where it's like, bro, it's on the table and it's how I decide and want to do that. Cause again, I think at that point when I really get there, I'm not going to be at the mercy of you to sell this. I could sell it to you. Or I could just keep doing this because it helps the 10 other businesses that I'm running. So who knows? But I think that is my big wall that I've thrown up. Yeah. The walls maybe look different the closer you get to them. It's like you're far away from the wall. Maybe it looks one way you get closer. You're like, that's not the wall I thought it was. Yeah. Maybe it's a river, not a wall. You got to swim across. Like, I'm going to run this other way. So. Yeah.